here's a message from Ken Lavica. Theo, I'll let you take it from here. If you're going to come for the GOAT, you got to at least have the training wheels off first. Chiefs Kingdom, let's ride, baby. <laughs> Stone Lebanowitz hit Woo! the open. Just like you would expect, the fire hose is fully inserted in my mouth here, and uh, we've been blowing and going, and so... Ken Lavica. Get a run in, make an early cocktail, cut a gummy in half. Theo Dorsey. Very excited to have the opportunity to add him to the team. Stone Lebanowitz. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Stone, I can't even begin to tell you how insufferable this next two hours is going to be because literally everything that came out of Theo Dorsey's mouth on Friday on this radio program about the Chiefs and how they were going to hang in and how the defense was going to ride the day and how the Chiefs were going to go to Buffalo and beat the Bills and go to the AFC Championship game. Stone, quite literally everything Theo said came to be. Uh, I mean, here's the thing, though. <laughs> everything, Stone. Don't here, here's no, the thing, No, though. no, no. Here's the thing. The homeless man under the bridge could have said the same thing that Theo said. <laughs> Joe Schmo across the street eating a donut, looking at his gut, could have said the same exact thing. I mean, what was said about the Kansas City Chiefs as far as it being inevitable? I mean, come on, man. I mean, is it like nope, noble? What? What he said? Uh, okay. Uh, I'm yeah, not looking forward for today. I'm, I mean, yeah. I, I've dreaded this day. <laughs> I don't even. I mean, See, it, and mm. this is what I was afraid of. This is what I was afraid of. Stone <laughs> is unwilling to just eat the fact that he was wrong. That I was wrong. I said, Theo, that this felt like a double-digit Bills victory. Oh, my goodness. I said it multiple times. And I I am willing to accept that I was not only wrong, I was really wrong. And so, excuse my friend Stone for a moment. Theo, <laughs> what's on your mind? It is funny, man, because if it if it's not this year for the Buffalo Bills, I, I just don't know what it could be. Can I can I just run through the list of narrative points of why sure, the Bills sure. were supposed to win? You've earned you've earned it. Go ahead. Because the main thing to me, the whole time we were having this discourse of Chiefs versus v- Bills, I kept wanting to talk X's and O's. I kept wanting to talk how strategy wise and personnel wise, the Chiefs were the better football team with the that. better coach, with the better strategy, with the better uh, game plan week after week. But you guys. Wanted to refute that. Um, so let's just go back to the main points that kept getting thrown at me. Number one, uh, the Bills were going to beat the Chiefs because they had home field advantage. What would Patrick Mahomes look like in his first road playoff game? Hmm. Okay, I, I think we figured that out. Okay, the next one. Oh, the Chiefs are having a down year. Travis Kelsey is bad. The worst wide receiving core we've seen in the Mahomes era. Surely he can't make up for that. Even though I think last year they said he couldn't win a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill, and he, and he did that. But okay, well here's here's point number three because this was a big one for Stone Lebanowitz himself. Okay, the Bills are the hottest team in football right now. Nobody's hotter than those Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. James Cooks look unstoppable. Von Miller is coming back the hell are you and, and moving at, back into his prime. <laughs> Josh I Allen's not turning way. the ball over anymore. Yeah, yeah, Pierre, Pierre probably sides the same with way. you. I felt the same way. Pierre, Pierre Garçon. Garçon, who, by the way, knows a little bit about uh, AFC championship <laughs> yes. game appearances. Uh, he joins us again on this Monday. John I. Leonard, a legend, uh, as well as Indianapolis Colts, Washington Redskins as well. Uh, go ahead. 
ahead. Go yeah. ahead, Theo. Yeah. Continue. I'll just I'll round it out with this, so I don't waste too much of our our great fans and even Pierre Garcon's time here in Stone Labanowitz and yourself, Ken Lavica. This was supposed to be the year. Everything was in the favor of the Buffalo Bills, narrative and storyline wise. This is the reason why everybody kept picking the Bills this week. Time after time, I tried to tell y'all the the Chiefs have an elite passing defense. We saw that in the way that the Bills game planned, and they refused to let Josh Allen throw the ball down the field because they were not just scared, but I would say frightened, terrified of what might happen if the face of their franchise tested LeJarrius Sneed, Trent McDuffie, and company. But on top of that, Patrick Mahomes was supposed to be as hamstrung and as shortchanged and as individually uh, insufficient enough with this offense as possible. This is supposed to be the year that he's most uh, vulnerable but Patrick Mahomes yet again delivered time after time, possession after possession, touchdown drive after touchdown drive, so much so that the Bills inevitably withered away. Do not come for the GOAT in Patrick Mahomes if your quarterback, if your quarterback still has the training wheels on and in a must-win divisional round game at home against a team that you're supposedly a three-point favorite against, supposedly better than your average depth of target is 5.5 yards. You are not playing big boy football, Josh Allen. You are not playing Patrick Mahomes-style football, Josh Allen. And I need to have this conversation about who's next, who's the heir apparent to, to Patrick Mahomes' throne. We need to subside that for a moment here and realize Patrick Mahomes is the person that defines this decade of football. He's going to a sixth straight AFC championship game. And before you take people like Josh Allen, who have yet to make a Super Bowl or win an MVP, and try and pick them over Mahomes in a definitive way like Stone did, and we're going to get to what you said on Thursday. Yes. I, I can't wait to pull that tape. Just let the dude actually do something on the field in a consequential game. Uh, so a lot to unpack there. First of all, I'm in Houston. <laughs> I'm in Houston, so I can't see uh, facial expressions. Pierre, yes. does Stone look properly humbled? <laughs> yes, he does. I, okay. I, I feel the same way Stone does. I had Buffalo. Yeah. We're all in the same boat. Pierre, it's okay. We can. I, I don't want Stone to think that no. he is on an island by himself because I said the exact same things with Stone on Friday, and I flat out said this feels like a double-digit Buffalo victory. Pierre Garçon himself, the biggest ball-knower of all ball-knowers on this show, he thought that the Bills we're going to the AFC Championship game. We're all in this boat together, uh, Pierre, because he's the smartest. Uh, he's the captain of this boat. I, uh, I'm probably in charge of, uh, of taking care of the galley, and Stone's the uh, the navigational lookout uh, of this of this boat of doubters. Theo is in his yacht, his yacht <laughs> of AFC Championship. I will say this, Stone, you're not on your own. We all thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. Theo's the one who had the clarity. Was it biased clarity? Sure. But <laughs> here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at now with Patrick Mahomes. It's very similar to when Tom Brady, who I doubted would succeed without Bill Belichick as his head coach, went to Tampa Bay, and what did he do? He won a Super Bowl right away. It validated Brady. I can no longer say anything in a in a, a a negative sense about Brady and his legacy. Today, I feel like I'm there now with Patrick Mahomes. Mm. He went to Buffalo. He went to the place that has the best shot at being his nemesis. And with 
You can you can say all of the things you want, Theo, about the 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 Chiefs and overcoming those narratives, but a lot of those narratives were true. This is the worst receiving core he's ever had. Yeah. Travis Kelsey has never been less effective in his career since he came onto the scene. But that said, Pat Mahomes found a way to overcome that. He rode the defense, and then he made big play after big play. And that running game maximized itself and overcame Pacheco with just a brutal fumble through the end zone at the one-yard line. Mikko Harmon, by the way. Oh, Mikko Harmon, I can't have Pacheco's name sour like that. That dude's perfect. In a a pivotal (laughs) moment of that game. And now that Patrick Mahomes has gone on the road, and beaten Buffalo, and done so in front of 70,000 fans because that was a big talking point yesterday, too. He's never played in Buffalo with fans. (laughs) And so now that he's done that and he's going to a six-straight AFC championship game, I I have to admit that he's that dude. (laughs) I'm in the same spot now that I was with Brady once he won that championship in Tampa. He's completed every conquest. I don't know what other criticism there is to be had about Patrick Mahomes. I, I'm right on board with you, but I think this is the reason why I think I was so frustrated that you guys, like when we had this conversation all last week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I felt like I was the crazy one. I felt like I was like in some kind of twilight zone. Like I was picking Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid over Sean McDermott and Josh Allen. I was picking the dude that just went to five straight. He's never started a football season in the NFL and didn't make the AFC championship game. I was picking that guy. And you guys were picking a dude who has proven nothing to us on the biggest of stages. And you guys were definitive and confident about it. And I'm like, how am I the one that is looked at as, why are you so confident? Why are you so bold about this? It's like, I'm, I'm kind of going with the chalk pick, but the national media narrative and all of the little cute storylines got you guys all up in your Bills feels, and then you went and picked that team that hasn't proven nothing to us yet. They haven't. Here's the thing that I have the problem with today, and and then I'm going to continue to have a problem with today. I don't feel any different than I did Thursday or Friday than I do right now. So the Bills just lost the game. Like, I don't feel any different about what I said with but like they do every year. But like they do every year, that's fine. But you you can't tell me that in the third quarter – not a single soul watching knew who was going to win that game. Like Josh well, Allen played like every his, other playoff matchup between these two. Teams. Exactly. Yeah. So, so Josh Allen is out there laying it on the line. Patrick Mahomes, brilliant. Yeah. This game is a coin flip for three hours. They were both absolutely peaking right. at the quarterback position. Like I don't right. nothing. Right. But, nothing but, that I felt changed. It doesn't I mean, feel any different right now. Stone. Here's the thing, though. If I three four consecutive times. I, I find the eight-lane portion of I-95 in Palm Beach County, and every time I make it to the fifth lane, and you're like, man, Ken's doing his best Frogger impression, and he's really dodging that traffic well on I-95. And then every single time I get to the sixth or the seventh lane, and I get mowed down by an 18-wheeler, and I fail miserably, and my insides are splattered all over the pavement on I-95, uh, that's a failure. Every single time, even though, boy, I look good getting across that uh, that southbound lane of traffic, that's the Bills every single year against the Chiefs. And until something changes, until they successfully navigate that interstate of playoff football, and especially against the Chiefs, that 18-wheeler, none of it matters, and you have to sit there and you have to eat it. Pierre, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Josh Allen, mm-hmm. how would you best describe that guy? Man, oh, man. 
He's uh, a <clears throat> Superman for for the Buffalo Bills. He, yeah. he need help. I told Theo that early. He needs a little bit of help. Um, Kansas City did play great defense. Isaiah Pacheco, I think, won the game. They, yeah. When after they scored or missed the field goal, he got eight yards. I knew the game was over after yeah. that. Like he, you can't stop that guy, and he brings the energy that they didn't have. Um, so but, let me ask you this though, Pierre: if, mm. if Josh Allen is Superman, in your words, yeah. If Josh Allen's Superman, how come every time he gets to a a, a playoff situation where he can build or solidify a legacy, the kryptonite comes out and hits him right in the package every time? What what's happening there, man? You know there was one play where the left tackle got pushed into Josh Allen. He was going for the touchdown. He was going for the gusto. Yeah. We all saw uh, Diggs running open. We thought he should have took it, but that's what Josh Allen do. It's 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 not his fault, but he is the the leader of the team. So it all falls on him. But you know that if that guy had another receiver. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. the conversation would be def- totally different. The like field goal all- kicker missed the field goal too. We didn't expect that. All that's <laughs> fair. All that is fair, but but here's the thing, and I know Stone's aggravated, Theo. I understand he's aggravated. I know he's mad, but this is the reality, and I am not going to put blame on Josh Allen for yesterday. I'm not going to do it, but Theo, uh, this is the reality. Yeah. Until the Bills do it, yeah. all of this talk is 100% warranted. All of this talk is 100% warranted. And what I'm going to say now, my biggest takeaway from the whole weekend, and we'll get to all the games, and we'll discuss all the things, and we'll let Stone be pouty-faced and mad because Josh Allen came up short with his bills. It's not why I'm mad. I'm mad because we're letting a fan talk about his quote-unquote team for two hours instead of the two quarterbacks and the football teams and all this stuff. Like, we got to listen to this. We're talking about pump the brakes there. Can we we pump the brakes there? I'm just. Is that, what does that even Josh have Allen? to do with anything? It, it, it's coming from this like almost inauthentic place. Like there are so many other points. I want to get to the third and nine where he tried to hit Shakir over the middle. Yeah, and that, middle. Like, but what happened some of those little play? plays? He did get backed up by his tackle. He could yeah. have taken it. Who like, was that I want to get into that. With? But we're going to talk Jones. about who was right and who was wrong. Mm-hmm. But there are like other conversations to be had. But now we're, we're fanboying no, on, it's on not, ESPN okay, Radio. No, no, I think it's garbage. That's why I'm mad. That game was badass last night. Are we fanboying, or am I telling you the same thing I told you on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, but you were just wrong, so now you're mad about the I want to I, I, I tell Let's you that, too. I want to talk so, about how brilliant Mahomes was. I want to talk about how brilliant that Chiefs team we was. Like, those are the Let's things talk that about that play, because every time— things. Okay. We can do all those yeah. things, but the fact remains that this is a Josh Allen who still has yet to go to the Super Bowl, and all the stars aligned for him this time around, and still the Bills, the Bills, and I'm sorry for uh, for just singling out Josh Allen, but but flat out, Theo, the Bills once again came up short in this situation that is worthy of a conversation Mm -hmm. yes yes the bills in totality did come up short and and again the the thing is I'm not I I actually like the bills I actually really like Josh Allen I I love James Cook as a running back I've always been a huge fan of Stefan Diggs and his abilities like on the outside like I like a lot of things about the bills the only problem I have is the bills are so likable and they're so good that people are trying to propel them past the point that they haven't gotten to yet. They can't you there's no way going into that game on Sunday. I felt like people should think the Bills are the overwhelming favorite and that that, that there's some kind of juggernaut that the Chiefs can't overcome even though we have no proof of evidence of that and even in that regular season game we saw this year, we saw Josh Allen can't throw the ball against that Chiefs passing defense. His coaching staff did not trust him to push the ball down the field. There's a reason why 
he threw the ball, I think it was 15 times either at or behind the line of scrimmage in a playoff game. I'm not saying that's an insufficiency of Josh Allen. I'm saying the same thing I said on Thursday and Friday. That Chiefs passing defense is real. The seven points that they held the Dolphins to last weekend is real. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, yeah, the it whole. It was really cold. It, it, it was really, really cold. Hey, well, I know it was really cold, and I'm sure that affected them some. And I know that that affected really Tua's ability to throw. And of course, I got to allow for the Dolphins' excuses. But the Chiefs have been doing this all year. Legarius Sneed allowed his first passing touchdown on him in all of the year. In that game against Josh Allen, because of how brilliant he was and where he put that ball to Shakir in the corner of the end zone, that was a beautiful play. It took that to score on a guy like Legarius Sneed. I think it's not a. I'm not denigrating the Bills. I'm just telling y'all that the Chiefs are better than what you're assuming. And I watched but, all of these games. But if if you wanted to denigrate the Bills and question Sean McDermott, especially. I think that that's appropriate. That's what I'm saying. This was not Josh Allen's fault. But there is clearly a deficiency with the Bills roster and the Bills game plan and the Bills preparation, especially against this opponent in the postseason because we have enough of a sample size to know that this Bills team is not equipped to not only win the Super Bowl but go to the Super Bowl. That is real. That is a real thing that we can now grasp. Let's do this. Your biggest takeaway from the entire weekend, your biggest – not last night's game – AFC Divisional, but the weekend, (laughs) but my takeaway happens to be from that Bills-Chiefs game, is that Patrick Mahomes has solved every conquest. I I don't know where to be critical of him any longer. He has taken the worst offensive roster that he's had in Kansas City. And And Matt Nagy. And Matt Nagy. (laughs) And Matt Nagy. uh, And uh, with the help of that defense, has once again figured out a way to put himself in a position to win a championship. And this time, he did it on the road in Buffalo, which was supposed to be the place that took him down. That's my biggest takeaway. My biggest takeaway from the NFL Divisional Weekend is that Pat Mahomes is now impenetrable to criticism. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. What is your biggest takeaway from NFL Divisional Weekend? 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. We will take your calls and we will get all of your takeaways from what was a wild Divisional Weekend. Stone, this is why I'm doing this. Because I want to give you an opportunity. Because your, your frame of mind appears to be in different places here and you want to get yourself into a situation where you can talk ball so your biggest takeaway go ahead talk ball tell us what was your biggest takeaway because i have a feeling it was from last night's afc <laughs> divisional playoff game as well yeah, right? so you can be as specific as you want to i mean it's very basic it's very basic the nfl is in great hands I mean, the two quarterbacks we watched last night are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and, and we are going to be blessed. Re- Josh Allen's better than Lamar Jackson. I think Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Oh, I don't God. think that's that. that well, <laughs> oh my gosh! What, no, let's have. Let's what have. A, let's, are we talking about? Are we, here, are we really going to sit here and have a conversation about quarterbacks? Because you just did. I, I'm just. I, but I mean, quarterbacks in specific. So what Josh Allen did last night. And what we're going to watch Lamar Jackson do are just two different things, right? They're playing two entirely different sports. The game plans are entirely different. What Lamar Jackson brings to the table, that running some of the zone read stuff, it's not necessarily how Josh Allen uses his legs. Like, Lamar Jackson, I, I'm trying to mince my words here. Championship game, by Lamar the way. Jackson is phenomenal. <laughs> He's, not He's a phenomenal football player. But we're talking about quarterbacks here. There's two what? 
like they they play on two different levels. Like they they're not they shouldn't be viewed the same. Yeah. So one to the AFC Championship, and the other's not. I am I am thoroughly confused by this conversation, and this is coming from a guy that played the quarterback position exactly. at the, on the Division One level, won a Division One <laughs> exactly. college football game. I have exactly. to take his word for it. For some reason, though, there's a lot of holes in your argument because Wait, I've seen nothing knowing. on the resume where Lamar Jackson is worse but than Josh ask, Allen. I, I'm excited to ask Pierre, but I don't know why we're playing the results as far as one's playing in the NFC Championship results. and one's not. We're talking about the position of quarterback, right? There are a laundry list of things that make you a good quarterback. Lamar Jackson's list is just looks a lot different than Josh Allen's. My biggest takeaway is that we watch the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, and we're blessed because the AFC, it's going to be fireworks each and every year. Stone says we're hashtag blessed. Uh, that we saw the two best quarterbacks go toe-to-toe last night. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes beating Josh Allen. My biggest takeaway, Patrick Mahomes, he is he's checked every single box now. For me, very much like Tom Brady winning in Tampa, I no longer have any question marks that I can throw at Patrick Mahomes. He, is, he has completed every conquest. What's your biggest takeaway from the NFL Divisional Weekend? And did we see the two best quarterbacks in football last night in Buffalo? Did we see the two best quarterbacks last night in Buffalo? Because I would argue that we, we did not. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. And social media at KLV 106.3. Pierre, what would be your biggest takeaway from the divisional weekend? Oh, my biggest takeaway from this weekend. <clears throat> I'm actually a little nervous about San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Mm. You know, so they did not mm. prove much to you. I wasn't excited. It, was, it wasn't a walk in the park like I thought it, thought it would be. Um, Jordan loves a good quarterback, but when the Niners get hurt, when Debo goes down, you yeah. know, you just you, I'm happy Kittle stepped up, but you know, that's 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 what they have to continue to do to, you know, be that dominant offense. They gotta have those one guy step up because injuries are happening and you know, they they look they scramble for guys. So I'm that's my biggest takeaway to keep to keep an eye on the Niners because they're my favorite my favorite to go to the Super Bowl, but you know. That's, Can we that's, all agree, by the way, they, that Brock Purdy was objectively below average? Yeah, no in doubt. that game, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. Was and, bad. And, and, I wasn't and, impressed. <laughs> and then Ayuk, Ayuk saved his ass on that game-winning drive with that ridiculous diving catch, which should have been intercepted, and he somehow caught it over the middle to put them in Packers territory. Can we all agree that Brock Purdy got an awful lot of help? That's the team. That's that's San Fran. They got players. They got ballers, and um, they need to step up. Yeah, I think in a sense, it's the game plan that you build. I mean, you're not asking Brock Purdy to do too much. So when things in that game plan doesn't really yeah, good executed. No, right. He looks bad, but they, don't, they not, don't call on him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was crazy seeing him with that rain after he takes snaps out of the gun, wiping his hand on his thigh because he doesn't trust his hands with the wet ball. That was crazy. I've never seen that before. It I happens, man. Is it that happens, man. In the third moment, you you, you got to do what you got to do to keep the ball dry. It's <laughs> totally a thing. And these cameras that we watch from our couch sitting on our behinds, it's a lot different. It's pouring rain. Like, I, I don't know. It's definitely a thing. I, I keep my hands in the hand warmers uh, until I have to lift them up to catch the snap. Like, I'm freaking out a lot of the times. And Brock Purdy's not a bigger guy. He can't grip the football like a Josh Allen or a Cam Newton or like some of these guys. So it makes sense to me. He's young. He's nervous. He's in a spot in a game. I know he's there last year, but he's that he's never really played in before. So, I mean, I get it. I get uh, it. I definitely do. He just he looked rough. He looked really, really rough. And let's be honest, the Packers choked that game away. 
That was that, to me. That was more a choke than it was the 49ers going out there and winning that football game. Mm-hmm. The Packers left so many points out on the field, and then Jordan Love for the first time in like nine weeks goes full rookie mode on the uh, the final possession. Your biggest takeaway from the AFC divisional round: eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Social media is open at KLV one zero six three. Also, did we see the two best quarterbacks in football square off? last night in Buffalo. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Your biggest takeaway from NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend. When we return, we will take your calls. We will take your social media. Uh, We will hear some of our greatest anti-Chiefs hits from last week. Hey, I'm okay with eating bleep. I'm fine with it. I do it often. Theo has every right to gloat. Like Stone, what what I'll say because I know you're you're annoyed and you didn't want to. You were even fearing coming in today. <laughs> uh, you 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 can you can unload on us all of your inside ball-knowing knowledge and why we need to pay attention when we come back. That's my promise to you. My gift to you on this Monday. Okay. Hey man, thanks. All right, that's Theo. That's Stone. PR Garcon. I'm Ken. It's Levicka Theo and Stone. ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Breaking news, please. Some breaking news. Breaking news on ESPN 106.3 is brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. If your vehicle has issues with braking or other issues, get it fixed right, right now at St. Lucie Battery and Tire. An interesting acquisition for the Detroit Lions, according to ESPN. Three-time Pro Bowl tight end, Super Bowl champion Zach Ertz is going to the Lions in advance of the NFC Championship game in San Francisco and is expected to be elevated to the main roster, the 53-man for the NFC title game. Ertz, seven games this year for Arizona. Uh, 27 catches, 187 yards, that's 6.9 per reception. Really been sort of a non-factor since he got traded to Arizona in 2021. Uh, I'm seeing on social media, Stone, oh, ring chasing at its finest. No. no. You're no. just trying to get an edge at a position of need yeah, against the best team in the NFC. Yeah, and Sam Laporta's wearing a big-ass knee brace, too, yeah. right. lumbering him around. So right. God forbid. It's actually pretty savvy, if I may say so myself. It is. So Zach Ertz is a Detroit Lion and is expected to be in uniform for the uh, the NFC Championship game, and that is uh, that is our our breaking news. I have something that's going to make Pierre Garcon blush in just a moment. <laughs> in just one moment, uh, let me tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealthnet slash ortho. Uh, Theo, you're going to love this. Uh-oh. Uh, th- let's go back. Let's go back to the 2009 
AFC Championship game. Do you remember that, Theo? The New York Jets at the Indianapolis Colts 2009 mm. AFC Championship Is game at Lucas Oil Stadium. Mark Sanchez, Sean. Who was the running back for the uh, Jets? Sean. Damian Thompson. Was it LT that year? They hit Sean Green. Y'all remember Sean Green? Yeah. yeah. Yes, that Sean dude was a truck. Sean, Sean Green. Well, Thomas Jones as well. Uh, yeah. And Sean Green with an H and O and, yes. N, and an N. Yes, Sean, Sean Green. Green. Right. It was spelled like not like the typical Sean, but that yeah. dude ran like not a typical dude. Oh, my goodness. So, so uh, Pierre, uh, interesting that, that Theo immediately thinks about the losing team in that game, <laughs> the New York Jets. What about the leading receiver from that game? Listen to this stat line for Pierre Garcon in the 2009 AFC Championship game in a win over the Jets. 11 catches, 151 yards receiving, Christ. and a touchdown <laughs> for Pierre Garçon. This what Pierre Garçon? Absolute stud. The same one that you're looking at what? right now in our the Square Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. That man dropped 151 receiving and a touchdown on the best defense in the NFL that day. It was a good day. Man. <laughs> good times. Man. Good times. So, was it Cromartie? Was it Savages Reeves? out there? The Austin Collies, the Dallas Clarks, all the boys out there. You guys are getting busy. A buck 50 in the AC Championship game is, is nuts. Ah, you know. I had to step up. <laughs> who, who was across I mean, from you? Uh, across Reggie. From you? Yeah, well, Reggie. We, we had a great game plan going into that game, and we knew Revis was yeah, going to guard Reggie. Yeah, the game plan Reggie. was get it to yeah. Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, ask these young receivers to step up because this is playoff football. This is the opportunity. You'd be remembered forever. You're going mm. to the Super Bowl. This, this when, is it. When you're in that spot, you got targeted 15 times Ooh. in that game by Peyton. 11 catches, 151, and a touchdown. Like, is that the type of thing where you're just running routes and you know the ball's going to be in your chest every single time? Yeah, the Jets kind of made it easy. They played man-to-man defense, and that's one of the hardest things to do. No, it's, it was, talk you know, they line up. They line it up. They, line, yeah. <laughs> they were going to punch us in the mouth. That's what they do. They're like, hey, we're going to, you know, our guy is better than your guy. And, you know, Rick, Rex Ryan era. And it was like, all right, cool. You know, we're going to try Reggie because, you know, he's the number one receiver. But, you know, man-to-man defense is man-to-man defense. We call a slant. We call a comeback. We call a go ball. You know, it's hard for the DB to guard anybody for that long, especially in playoff football. Imagine going into a game. Like, hey, we're going to dial up some pressure and just play man against Peyton Manning. And, and just just hope for the best. Like, there's nothing else you can do. you got to put pressure on him. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't, you know. But I was the happy. I was, I was the beneficiary on that day. <laughs> the Jets made it easy for us. Going to go ahead and quote that. The Jets yeah, made, it made it easy for us. If you line up in man-to-man defense every time. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jets fans, Jets fans, <laughs> just understand that your misery that goes back so far, we've got the man who created a big part of it because the Jets made it easy for him in the 2009 AFC Championship game. Pierre open Garcon. book test. Open, open book and test. Open book <laughs> test. That, man, that man was allowed to use Google that day. Pierre Garcon with us here, hanging out on a Monday as we talk about Divisional Weekend. Your biggest takeaway from NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, social media, at KLV1063. Uh, mine is that Patrick Mahomes is now checked every box I, I don't know where you could be critical of him any longer anything you're doing is just petty from here on out because he has now passed every single test uh for for pierre it's and san francisco 
Mm. There's some some worries. <laughs> mm-hmm. there. They they don't they don't look great. They're they're a little vulnerable. Stone says that the biggest takeaway was the two best quarterbacks in the sport went head to head yesterday in Buffalo. Uh, Mahomes and Allen. Theo, we didn't get to yours because I thought it'd be pretty self-explanatory. But why don't you verbalize it, please? It's funny. Stone and I had similar takes. Um, and, and I didn't want to make mine specific about the Chiefs-Bills game because I knew we were going to dig into that one. But it's simple to me. It's that the this next generation of NFL fans and the current ones really are in such great hands when it comes to quarterback play and the coaching. Like, think about where we're at right now. The fact that we're able, even able to have an, a conversation here about Josh Allen and Stone can definitively feel like he's the number two quarterback in the league and I can definitively feel like he's four or five. Sure. That's how many great, elite, top-tier quarterbacks there are. You think about on both sides of the conferences, you have guys like a Jordan Love coming up. You have guys like a, a Jared Goff who's playing elite-level football for his team right now. As long as you got that guy in a dome, he's precision, he's accurate. On the AFC side, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, you have C.J. Stroud. I mean, at some point, Justin Herbert's going to figure it out, and you hope it's this offseason with the Chargers that they get a new head coach. Um, Trevor Lawrence is in the mix, like, and I'm sure there's a bunch of guys I'm not mentioning, like the guy that was out for the year in Joe Burrow. Aaron Rodgers is still coming back next year. Like, I don't think there's ever been a time in the NFL that we've had this much elite level quarterback play. And I think that's probably factoring in the why, Pierre, you feel so shaky about your 49ers as we're talking about all this prolific quarterback yeah, play we have all the over the board. The one quarterback who didn't show out that won <laughs> was, was Brock Purdy. And you got it, and it, that has to have you feeling nervous because that's been the difference. In every single game, that's been the difference, and it was even almost the difference in the 49ers-Packers game, let alone, you know, I mean, Jordan Love kind of got out of his own shoes there and, and tried to do a little too much on that final drive, but it was almost the difference in that one as well. Like, I just think that we are in great hands. It's an incredible ride to be on right now as just a fan of the NFL, and then, of course, as a as a person that's in Chiefs' kingdom, it's, it's great to have the one that's sitting on top of the throne as well. I mean, it feels lovely. Chiefs' kingdom. <laughs> this, guy, this guy. What is your biggest takeaway from NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. And... Did we watch the two best quarterbacks in football go head-to-head no. last night in Buffalo? 888-760-3776. Let's head to the phones. Ernesto in Boynton. Ernie's on Levicka, Theo, and Stone. What's up, Ernie? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, hey Theo, congratulations. We Appreciate were right. You. Appreciate um, you. Uh, Feels good to be right on a Monday. To, I have to, I, I, yeah, it's right. It, you, you got to be um, – I'm, like I said, that's your, that's your team, and congratulations. Stone, the reason why I have to go to Stone real quick is that's my man. Stone, the reason why you guys don't see that he's pissed off, he's a quarterback, right? Remember, he's a, he's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, just think about all that work you do as a quarterback, getting the team there, getting the right position for the kicker. So all he has to do is get up, kick the field goal, still in the game. So that's why Stone is pissed off. Because of the kicker, he's backing up what you know what he's saying. You know, it's not the quarterback's fault. He, the quarterback, did what he had to do. All that kind of comes down to just the mm. kicker. Listen, I, I appreciate the call, Ernie. Uh, I do agree with Ernie in a sense, and I, I had sent you guys this text message last night. Right, you go through battle, you're bleeding. 
you go through 20 weeks or, you know, six months of a season, just absolutely killing yourself, your body, all of these things, all to just jog some beanpole out there in the weather and the snow and the gusting winds. And that's who the game relies on. It it does sour it a little bit. And obviously Josh Allen had some good words to say, right? Like where it's team effort. Let's it, hear, let's hear, yeah, let's, let's hear, hear what Josh him. Allen had to say. Josh Allen uh, talking about the Tyler Bass miss. What do you say to Tyler Bass in that situation? You know, I wish it wouldn't have been put in that situation. You know, it's, it's, you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. You know, one play doesn't define a game, it doesn't define a season. I know people are going to be out there saying that. Um, you know, we got to be, be there for him because, again, we, we, we execute a couple plays prior. You know, probably singing a different tune right now. Ability have in in back-to-back plays after the two-minute warning. I mean, Josh Allen looks like he was a little bit panicked, trying to force it a little bit. I'm not putting the loss on him. All I'm saying is that he certainly could have put Tyler Bass in a better situation. Definitely could have. And he lost his footwork. Everything went into shambles, which happens in a spot like that. Uh, he took a random seven-step drop and what looked like cover two, just trying to hit a post over the middle. Could have gone underneath, but he was falling back. I, I, yeah, your mind's probably running crazy. I don't know what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, one in here knows what that feels like, but Josh Allen got uncharacteristic. Seven-step drop, took a hitch, was way late on the post. Like, everything, just all the mechanics out the window, which I would imagine happens in spots like that. But definitely could have just hit Steph underneath, let him run, whether he was getting out of bounds, whether he even picked up a first down or put him in, you know, help Tyler Bass out a little bit. Regardless, you got to take some accountability. Yeah. Yeah. And being in that position, you, you don't want the kicker to... Be in that position, but it was a tough kick. Like that ball went from left to right really quick. A lot, really lot more. Quick. It wasn't windy. Nobody said they didn't show the flags flying on the top yeah. of the stadium. We we don't know what happened, but you know he's got to make. That if I kick. was a kicker, <laughs> if, if I was a kicker, that's he's the last that place that I would want to be a kicker for. Like going in Buffalo, every time you get into the playoffs, it's going to be freezing Ooh. cold, snowing, windy. Like. I, you feel bad for a guy in a market. Is he, is he rooting to be on the road? <laughs> He's like, please let's not get home built yes. this year. At, at home, you already have ice running through your veins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're waiting for that moment. You kind of already know. Like You see the position that the team's in. You're like, all right, this is 40-yard, 50-yard. Like I know what I got. But, man, he's got to make it. <laughs> uh, one of my takeaways it. from last night as well, one of my takeaways from last night as well, is that I, I came off as disrespectful to Jason Kelsey last week saying that he owes his his now widespread popularity to his brother Travis and Stone you agree with me to an extent because I think it's common sense that a lot of people didn't know who Jason Kelsey was outside of Philadelphia and then now they do and that's largely because of the podcast with his brother and his brother dating Taylor Swift and I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I thought I was just saying something pretty obvious. What I'll say now, one of my biggest takeaways, <laughs> if you can't love a shirtless, shoe and sockless Jason Kelsey climbing out of his suite in Buffalo, chugging beers, lifting up little kids to get a look at Taylor Swift <laughs> in the suite, and yelling at the top of his lungs with his big old hairy chest out and his wife looking on in a oh god what is happening sort of a mode then you're you're a you're a, a joyless human being uh, jason kelsey flat out bleeping rules and that is one of my biggest takeaways from last night as well it's a good takeaway and also i think ken your point was proven right because jason kelsey's getting all this love 
I mean, yeah, he nobody was, got it. Gave him was, this love before I'm Taylor. Saying, he was only there because his brother was playing, in yep. a, you know, in a playoff game. Like Jason Kelsey would have been on the couch. So, and so nobody I think the point would, was further proven. And there would have been no shots of that 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 Kelsey sweep, that Chief sweep, if yeah. Taylor Swift wasn't in it. And then that's how we learned that Jason Kelsey was there. <laughs> right. and Jason Kelsey stole the damn show. He did, and deservedly so. He he so he stole the show, but he did it in a genuine fashion. That's why that's why you gotta love it yeah. uh, out of Jason Kelsey. I hey, love that, Pierre. They, when they, are we gonna get you to an NFL game and whip <laughs> off your shirt in the suite and go start chugging beers? When my son <laughs> takes over. There you go. All right. All right. But but Jason Kelsey, those guys are waiting on that touchdown from Travis Kelsey for a long oh time. My <laughs> listen, I felt that. I know what that felt like. They were like, listen, man, point. we've been waiting on Travis Kelsey to get in the end zone. Like this, this, this is the moment. And it was a playoff game, and that kind of gave them momentum, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. And you're right. That breakthrough, that was sort of like an unleashing of emotion there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will in West Palm, your biggest takeaway from the AFC Divisional Weekend, and we did we see the best two quarterbacks in football last night? The biggest takeaway is uh, the amount of disrespect that Palm Beach County's finest, Lamar Jackson. Like, Thank he you. keeps getting overlooked. And this guy carved up that Texans like Stone. we knew about yes. Mahomes, we knew Stone. about Allen. Well done, Pierre. Rooting for losers. Yeah, yeah. Stone's getting piled down by Pierre Garcia, Mar- which is actually. Really <laughs> <laughs> we don't uh, get it, my guy. So I guess well, my guy. We're all friends here, but we don't get it. Right. Well, you're exactly Thank right. Thank you, Will. And appreciate the call. Uh, so I I do tend to agree with Theo that we saw two top five quarterbacks last night. There's no doubt. And yes. one of them is number one, right? Like you can't argue yes. that any longer. Like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to crap all over Josh Allen. And I know sometimes this show goes the way of you're just completely crapping on people because that's our tendency sometimes. Well, I think it's human nature, but it's I, also I don't know who I is. Okay, fine. You me. me. <laughs> you 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 can. Uh, but you too, Theo. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Like, let's not leave me on the uh, crapping on someone island here. And, okay? and Stone, to, to his defense, Stone literally defends everybody I'm very on this pro show. player. You're very yes. pro player. It's yes. odd that for some reason you're, you're anti what Lamar Jackson has shown yeah, us in this league. Why am I anti Lamar Jackson? Because you said you're saying the... Josh Allen has not, his resume doesn't even come close to what Lamar Jackson's done in this league. But I'm. Both the resumes are listless. Why am I anti-Lamar Jackson for saying that I think Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson? Lamar you have, Jackson, you've given no reason for it. I, the reasons are it's just because he piss people no, off. He's more quarterback. Because it pisses people off? He's, I don't understand. Yeah. You haven't named one reason for how Josh Allen's better than Lamar. He, I mean, he's, he's more quarterback. For, for, I, don't, I honestly it, don't. In a sense, like I, I want to sit here and say that he's more quarterbacky, night. but I don't want to come out and say that though. But like from the footwork to the progression through the mental fortitude, like Whoa. what it takes. Like if you here's the thing, go ask Peyton Manning. Go ask like how about Lamar, we ask Tom Brady? Look, Tom Brady's infatuated with Lamar because he's evolutionizing the position of quarterback. He's changing how it's played. But well, what mental fortitude well, are you talking about? Well, then how is that not so? If the greatest quarterback of all time says Lamar Jackson's next up. But Stone Lebanowitz says he doesn't. We have to just take your word for it because you played quarterback. See, just but, because you played the position doesn't make you impervious to bad takes. But it has nothing to do with that. Like, I don't even know how to put this because now it's become such a touchy subject talking touchy. about Lamar Jackson playing quarterback, but he's got no footwork. His progression, his reads are literally just day one install stuff that he's now developed into getting outside hash marks and making things happen. We watched a QB sweep. Touchdown pass to Isaiah Likely yeah. from Todd Munkin. To dial something like that up, you can't do that with any other quarterback so, in the league. That stuff I love, but that's not going play action. 
and, and hitting a pass over the middle. Like, he's doing these things, but it's really untraditional. I love Lamar Jackson. He's not as good of a quarterback as Josh Allen, though. Is he a better football player? 100%. What, I think that Josh you can Allen say that. That's, that's my only what question. Is what is Josh? You're saying, like, if you were talking about Joe Burrow or something, I would at least give this argument some yeah. kind of stance. But I what Joe I watched Burrow's last night. a better night, quarterback than Lamar Jackson. That was a way. That was not quote-unquote quarterbacky what Josh Allen was doing. I mean, he had 12 carries. For 72 yards, he every pass he threw was at or, be, or below the line of scrimmage. He had one of the lowest average depth of targets that we've seen since they started tracking this stuff with next-gen stats. He, he literally, <laughs> he literally, like, this is not the game. How do you watch last night and then be like, yeah, Josh Allen, he's just a little bit more quarterbacky than Lamar Jackson. He literally was not. He was the opposite. But when you can take a guy at Josh Allen's side and go like full field progression and watch him go left to right and get to a check or le- then use his legs at the end of a play, like, th- Lamar like does there are things, but, but, but he, but he doesn't. And then, He's not and, coached and then when to Josh do it. Allen was told to do it last night and he was forced to do it in a spot where he needed to win the but game, he Lamar, failed at it and he put his kicker in a position to hit a field Lamar goal that he Jackson's, missed. Lamar, the concepts that Lamar Jackson has taught and the, the reads and the progression that he goes through are, uh, uh, dare I say, elementary compared to these guys. And these are things that like I don't know what their playbook but looks wait, like, but it's not we, hard to tell. Are we judging quarterbacks? Are we judging quarterbacks' excellence on what they see in their checks, or how talented they are, and just how different they are with a skill set? Because why are we diminishing Lamar Jackson's skill set and the ability to do things that nobody else can do? But we're giving Josh right. Allen credit because oh, he goes through his progressions better. I, I'm just talking about who's like who's a better like quarterback, like. Just Lamar like Jackson a quarter, is. A quarterback. He has been at every level since high school than Josh Allen. He was a better high school quarterback than Josh Allen. He was a better college quarterback than Josh Allen. He's now a better NFL quarterback than Josh Allen. We just watched both of those dudes go up against teams this weekend in the playoffs. One of them still standing, but you're saying Josh Allen's better? I don't care what? about the results because I think Joe Burrow's a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I think C.J. Stroud's, I, like, I can sit here and go down the list of guys. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and say one's playing in an AC championship. I could give a damn. It really doesn't matter to me where they're playing, what week it is, if they got knocked out, what if you, they got what, any rings what or anything. To you, stats or what, what, what is it, though? It's like, the, the, like Playing the position and like just like watch. I don't care if you lose a game or win a game. Like I'm watching you play quarterback. Oh, so when Josh Allen missed all those all those guys on that last drive, what were you thinking? You were like, oh, he's, that's what was, he did it like a quarterback though. I I, th- I thought it was lovely I, to to see cover two like that and to get that deep in your drop. He missed Shakir. He could have hit him for a touchdown, but like that was that was nasty. It was the wrong play though, right? Absolutely not. Like it, you could have handled it a little better and maybe gone underneath, been Lamar, safer. But that's not how he plays. If he lets Lamar it hang. gets out of the pocket and completes that pass, it's not good enough. It was a bad play by Lamar. Look like it didn't <laughs> look like a quarterback. I would just said it was great play, that. Lamar. I would have said that was awesome, man. Great job. It's not quarterbacky enough. Just, like the whole thing seems cloudy to <laughs> me. I don't get it. Though. It's, it's I, I so cloudy. It's I, so cloudy. But I don't get why it is. I don't get where Josh Allen is in any way better than than Lamar. Because I kept hearing before this game, Josh Allen does the same things Lamar does, but better. But objectively, he 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 doesn't. I just what was your biggest takeaway from NFL divisional playoff weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Larry and Boyden, hang on. We'll keep taking your calls. We will continue to take your social media. We have a ton of social media. We haven't even scratched the surface on. We've got a ton of other games to 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 discuss and it's a dog bleep monday so hold on to your pants kids that's theo that's stone pierre garcon hanging with us i'm ken lavega theo and stone espn 106.3 from the anajar and levine accident attorney studios it's lavega theo and stone on espn 106.3 
A dog play Monday on the way because, well, it's Monday. And we have Pierre Garcon. Yes, sir. AFC Championship game legend. Again, 151 against the vaunted Great. Jets defense. Quote, the Jets made it easy for us. <laughs> Pierre Garcon, 11 catches, 151, and a touchdown in the 2009 AFC Championship game. Biggest takeaway, NFC Divisional Weekend. Boy, are there a lot of them. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We'll keep hitting the phones. We will dip into some social media, but I want to dip into Theo Dorsey and his golf mindset right now. Theo Dorsey and the virtues of Kaiser Golf Center. My divisional weekend started off before the games got kicked off. It was Saturday morning at the Kaiser University Golf Coaching Center with my guy Pete. Shout out Coach Pete. Pete. Man, I ain't gonna lie, man. I, I My goal this year of birdieing a hole, I'm feeling closer and closer to it every single time I work with Pete. This past Saturday, he actually taught me something, so I wasn't getting enough loft on my uh, on my wedge. When I was trying to hit like, not not pitch. When I was trying to pitch short. So what do you call that? Like chipping, chipping, kind of like chipping. Yeah. As yeah. I'm working on my short game, I'm working on how do I avoid bunkers. So when I get into that short game where I'm right outside of a bunker and I need to get it close to the pin, I'm working on getting loft to make sure it lofts over the uh, actual bunker. And I thought Pete was messing with me, but he he taught me. He was like, all right, just we're going we're going to practice one handed wedging, like one handed wedging. He's like, yeah, you use your trail hand. And we're going to use strike the ball with one hand with your wedge. And you're going to learn how to get loft off of it like that. And then once you add that second hand in there, that technique in itself, breaking it down from starting with just the trail hand and then bringing in the lead hand, working on the grip, striking the ball consistently at the same spot. When I was able to master the one-handed wedge, I added that second hand in. I swear to you guys, I'm not lying, hit like 15 straight. Most all of them consistently mm-hmm. with great loft mm-hmm. would have cleared any bunker. We well, come a long way in a month, baby. I'm not. I'm not lying. Like honestly, it's, it's a good feeling. It's so funny, and it's like now I get how how addictive the game of golf can be because now I'm finally making progress. <sighs> welcome, Pierre. Do welcome. you have a bird? Have you have you in your golfing life, Pierre? Have you birdied? Have you birdied a hole? I've birdied a hole. I've had a hole in one. You just Whoa, shot oh a seventy. God. You just shot five over the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, you know, really? I, I, I've been playing for a while. Yeah, he's good. This dude's good. <laughs> I've been now. Yeah. For a while. Yeah, I was unfamiliar with your game. Yeah. Ah, you know, I, I work in silence. I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. <laughs> he works in silence, but, but every time you see him or see him on social media, he's on the golf course. Then she should have said this weekend. Uh, that's the goal. 80. Okay. 85. 83 it was. Okay. Yeah, closer. Solid. Closer. Oh, come on, man. So I didn't know that this dude, Pierre Garcon, was like an 11 12 handicap. I, I had no idea. I, I'm trying to get in the single digits where it's eight, seven, <laughs> five. Dude. I'm trying. I, I like to win. Dude, <laughs> you've done enough athletically. Let, let me have one thing for you. You got it. I'm you trying to burn one hole to do this. <laughs> is it, but it'll Theo, come. This is, it'll a, come. this is what you're striving for, yes, Theo, is you're, you're, you're getting lessons from Pete Kaiser Golf because you're trying, to, you're trying to be like Pierre. I aspire. And that's the thing. So at the Kaiser University Golf Coaching Center, because they have indoor and outdoor training facilities, I'm able to work on my game whether it's raining or not, whether it's inclement weather or not, and one day I'll uh, I'll, I'll be maybe even if I could be half of what Pierre is at golf right now, I'll be happy. Uh, the Kaiser University Golf Coaching Center. You can find out more at KaiserGolfCenter.com. And again, I'm shooting a birdie this year. I'm putting my I'm putting my word on that. It's coming. I love it. It's coming. I love it. Yeah. Uh, David in Wellington joins us here on Levicka Theo and Stone. What's up, David? Kenny. Let me tell you something. 
I got to tell you something. Okay. I am so sick and tired of people bashing on the Bills. They played their asses off. Bleep it. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest with you. McDermott is a mastermind in the regular season. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He cannot close when the time matters most. Yeah. Who, who can do that? It's called a very simple name. Bill Belichick to Buffalo. Bill Belichick to Buffalo. I'm telling you right now. He is a mastermind. He can guide Josh. He can make things happen in Buffalo. I'm telling you right now, that's what needs to happen. I love Sean to death. Yeah, but he, but but I think what you're saying has accuracy. Now, David, hang with me here for a second. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, to 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 run you yet. So, I am probably top of the list in Palm Beach County, Treasure Coast Bills naysayers. A lot of that is jealousy. Okay, I want you to understand that. I want you to understand that I'm envious of what the Bills have, and I think Josh Allen is an exceptional quarterback. Uh, so, so I am at fault for being one of those Bills haters. You would have to admit as a Bills supporter, that this current iteration of the Bills championship window, things are closing because they've had opportunities. They've been unable to get to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the Josh Allen championship career window is closing, but the way this roster is currently constructed, this is closing. Nobody's getting any younger. And you're right about Sean McDermott. Regular season merchant, postseason problems. I heard Evan Cohen on Sportsman like 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3 float Bill Belichick. I scoffed at it at first. I don't hate it. I, I legitimately, David, don't hate it. And I think if you want to win a title and you want to do so in this current window, you go for it. What more do you owe Sean McDermott? That's correct. And, and, and that's the thing, though. And, and I, was listen, I was listening to Evan this morning, and um, he kept saying, what did he say? Hoodie. Right? I mean, come on. Big, big time players need a big time coach, and, and I love Sean McDermott. I do. I love him. I love him for the team in the regular season. He's a champ. Right. But damn it! When it comes down to win or go home, an he AFC fails. East right and an AFC East title means nothing anymore. It means absolutely nothing. And appreciate the call. The Bills are not in the business of winning division championships any longer. The Bills are in the, the business of winning the AFC now. And if Sean McDermott's just going to deliver you division titles, then it's time to make a change because that Bills window ain't opening any wider. Hour two on the way. That's Stone, that's Theo, that's Pierre. I'm Ken Levick at Theo and Stone, ESPN 106.3.